guys. Welcome to True Crime Rhymes with Vodka. I'm Kim. This is Jackie. By the way, everything rhymes with vodka. It does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially today. Bloody Mary Mix really rhymes with vodka today. Bloody Mary Mix for the win today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're a true crime podcast with a little twist of lemon, lime, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Depending on the drink. Mm-hmm. On the drink. Um, so, yeah. So, we always have something that we're sipping on, and we like to share it with you guys so that if you want to taste it, you're more than welcome to try it. I'm not going to lie, guys. We're coming from you. From, we're coming from we're you? Coming we're from g- you. coming from you. coming at you. We're coming to you. <laughs> it took me a minute with the it's words. Fine. The prepositions are hard, guys. Um, coming to you from Omaha, and I don't know about where you guys are from but it's two degrees here today fucking bitter cold so as i was leaving my house today i was like okay what am i gonna drink you know trying to enjoy this day and then i thought i'm not going anywhere other than my home to where i have to be so i scoured my house for everything i needed um and this is what i came up with oh yeah so this is our libation recommendation segment what are you having today, Jackie? <laughs> Keep in mind, it is two degrees here. That, that is the actual temperature when I left my home. So I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, what can I find in the house that I don't, so I don't have to stop anywhere. So I found a, a shooter, a single shooter of peanut butter whiskey, which I have since enjoyed. It was great. I got some diet sun kissed and then yeah. uh, some rum. And you know what's weird is I don't really enjoy soda on the regular and i hate rum <laughs> but i had them in the house and i so thought today is th- the day fuck it today Going is the day mm-hmm. that's what happens when it's two degrees absolutely <laughs> or you just have your lovely boyfriend slash editor go out and pick you up tampons and beer and <laughs> bloody mary mix and everything you should have put it on this you know on the list whatever you needed from the store well, I didn't know you were going to have... Oh, yeah. and Kim is Danny. also sipping on... Kim, let them know what you took your first shot of today. Oh, what was um, your first shot? This lovely generic uh, Pedialyte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a little hungover today. <laughs> That's when you so, taste like a winner. <laughs> it's a typical Sunday for this girl. <laughs> but, you know, we, we're powering through. Little Nothing yeah. a little Bloody Mary mix and Pedialyte won't help or yeah. won't hurt. Yeah. Anyway, edit that yeah. out, Danny. <laughs> Just kidding. I love <laughs> Nothing but class here, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So should we jump right in? or? Yeah. Why don't you give me the story? Okay. So this story today is going to be about, this is actually a local story, which is kind of cool for us. Like I said, we're, fr- we're from Omaha, Nebraska, here living here still today. Go Big um, Red. Oh, sorry. Th- I, think I, th- I, think, I think that's appropriate for Nebraska yeah. people. Whatever. Um, Huskers. I, st- I don't still don't even know what a Husker is. I, I, I mean... <laughs> A corn husk? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why that's a mascot, but whatever. Um, no, you husk corn. Oh. Oh. Danny yeah. says you husk Danny. corn. Okay. Well, that's Danny. He's I've never done it myself. It seems like a lot of work. I just buy the mm-hmm. can. <laughs> or the cob. Uh. I don't even like to, like, clean. You know when you get the cobs at the grocery store and you have to open them up and clean oh, it off? Yeah. I don't even like doing that. That's too much work. I, I love the f- going to the farmer's market and getting them and just, like, opening the husk and like seeing a bunch of little worms like that's a lot of fun you just cut it off i mean it's you know it's organic do you keep it 
Um, Doug and I one time, I can't believe I'm telling this. We were, um, we bought some corn from the farmer's market and Doug is my friend and he's just, he's a sweet, sweet little vegan boy. But he was like, we need to get rid of the worms, but we will just take them outside. And we were like setting the worms free in the grass. And then you ate the corn? Yeah. Oh yeah. You just cut off the ends and. You know, you can buy a can of corn for like 49 cents. Yeah. Danny (laughs) threw it on the grill. It was delicious. I don't know. Hmm. I'm never coming to dinner here. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. It was good. Again. I'll bring my own corn <laughs> when I come here. Anyways, I don't know. Well, okay. So this so. murder is specific to Omaha, or this crime, I should say. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's interesting about this crime is that, um, you know, like there's crimes of passion and crimes of opportunity, you know, things that maybe people weren't planning. The significant, yeah. or I think the unique thing about this is that this per- this person, when he committed these murders, I mean, he, like, let this fester and thought about it for years and years before he actually acted on it. Oh, yeah. Which I think that is, like, doesn't that say, like, true psychopath to you? Like, this isn't just, like, a normal, like... Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he's not a poor decision maker. I mean, he is, but that's... But, uh, like, the fact that he, like, let it, like, marinate for that long and then acted... I, you know, it was just a absolutely, like... He was just very angry, and, like, it was the classic um, revenge. That's not... I don't want to defend this fucker. No, That's you're not. right. You're right. But it is revenge, but at the same time, most people who are taking revenge, like, want to see it happen right away. Who, like, waits around and... Anyways. So, you guys, this is a story about a gentleman named Anthony Garcia. I would like to call him Tony, because it's easier to Do say. Do it. Just fucking call him <laughs> Tony today. But I don't think he likes that. Good, good. Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony. Okay, we'll call him Anthony for now. All right. Anthony Garcia. Now, these crimes actually happen here in Omaha. Like we said, that's uh, where we live. Um, So I'll just, we'll just jump right in. We'll tell you a little bit about him. Anthony Garcia. The crazy thing, too, is he's like not your average criminal. He's a smart guy. Um, He graduated from the University of Utah Medical in 1999. Although, to be fair. It took him five years. So hey, you know, at least science, he did it. Science like, is I, hard. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, I <laughs> pretended like I was gonna be a doctor before, and then I was like, biology is so hard, <laughs> and I, I just abandoned that mission. Yeah, <laughs> abort. Yes. Um. So what happened is okay. So he finally graduated. He actually took up a residency in Albany, New York. Um and sorry, I'm laughing at the dog. He's being crazy. Fucking asshole. Jackie <laughs> loves my dog Booey, by the way. Yeah, he's really Bowie. cute, but he's a prick. Okay. Anyways, Booey. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. Um. Okay, so he graduated. He goes to Albany for his residency. He is in Albany for a short time. Um, that hospital says, you know, with his recommendations and, you know, his reviews, it says that he actually was a dangerous resident. So some of the things that they noted were that he, one time he took a nap while a woman was in active labor. He was supposed to be the doctor on that labor. Jeez, are you? Oh, I mean, I'm not God. planning to have any kids anytime soon, but if I was, I would not want my doctor to be sleeping. That's you know, he might have just needed a nap. Long days. Labor is long, so maybe he was just tired. I, I don't, he's just I don't tired. know. Maybe um, he was hungover. I don't know. Probably. Probably. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. Um, he also, at that same hospital, he prescribed a sedative to a patient whose chart specifically said, do not sedate. After he prescribes the sedatives, 
uh, to this patient in Albany that is not supposed to have a sedative. The residency director actually put him on suspension and ordered a neuropsychological test for him, um, saying that he had possible underlying medical disorders. So it looks like this guy in Albany was very smart (laughs) because (laughs) he recognized the psychopath in him. Red flags, red flags. Yes. So after that, I don't, we don't know exactly what transpired, but he ended up resigning from that program. So okay. he leaves that program after a year, which I'm not a doctor, but I do know that you're usually supposed to stay in your residency program the whole time, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just one year. <laughs> and most programs, I believe, are four years. So yeah. Anthony leaves New York, didn't do so well there. He comes to um, Creighton University, which is here in Omaha, in July of 2000, and he is a pathology resident there. And the, um, the early reports actually say he did really well. They describe him as diligent and hardworking. However, very quickly, Anthony showed his true colors, and they say he started acting like a child, making jokes and being disruptive. There was actually one of his superiors, um, Dr. Chandra, Shanda Butra, and I apologize if I didn't say that right, uh-huh. but I believe that's what, how you say it. Um, and she is somebody that he bumped heads with right away here at Creighton. Was that because she's a woman, or I'm just wondering? I think maybe just because she didn't put up with his BS, or maybe she called him out. I mean, think about if you're a, you know, a supervisor of residents, you really are, like, in charge of shaping these doctors Mm -hmm. and making sure that they are up to the job. I mean, I think that would be a difficult job. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, but right away they didn't like each other. She actually asked him to leave a conference room during a meeting um, because he was being so disruptive, and he actually refused, which... Also, once again, I'm not a doctor. Classic <laughs> psychopath. Like, but I think when your supervisor says, like, leave the room, you just get up and leave. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so after only six months, so he got here in July of 2000, he got to Creighton. So six months puts him at what? I mean, that's like barely at the end of the year. They do their six-month review. Um, and some supervisors actually chose not to write an evaluation because they didn't want to put such negativity on a permanent record. That's nice Wait. of them, you know, all it things considered. Nice, he probably didn't deserve their generosity, no. but um, they actually, and then, you know, after the fact, when they're going and talking <clears throat> to these people, they say that they felt his basic medi- medical knowledge and interests were lacking, which, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> <laughs> if I'm choosing one, I prefer you enjoy medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> the only, although Shanda Butcher, remember, she is the supervisor who actually asked him to leave the meeting and they bumped heads in the past. She did write um, a review about Anthony Garcia and it was pretty thorough. And she stated that he showed lack of interest and initiative. Um, she, so basically, she was honest. She put on yeah. paper what everybody else was scared to. So there was um, another gentleman, another supervisor for Anthony Garcia. And his name was William Hunter. And he had just weeks ago taken over as the program director of pathology residency program. That's a lot. So he's basically, let's just say, he's the boss (laughs) of the residents. He's the boss of the pathology residents. Come on, break it down for me, Jackie. Yeah. So he, um, and he, so William gets this review from Dr. Butra about Anthony Garcia and sees, uh, you know, all these negative reports and comments. So he, you know, is really generous and kind. He meets with Anthony Garcia, and he kind of talks to him and offers suggestions like, you know, maybe you should apologize to Dr. Butra. 
um, basically telling him to play nice, mm-hmm. like, you know, trying to give him um, kind of like fatherly advice, I would, I would think of it. Sounds like a really nice guy. He is. I, they you say know. that he was very kind to Anthony Garcia, even though, like, you know, uh, other people had so much negative things to say about him, about Anthony. So, actually, instead of doing what Dr. Hunter said, Anthony Garcia issues a formal complaint against Dr. Butra oh with God. the university. He's, he claims that she embarrasses and degrades people with her words. Well, if the words are true, <laughs> I just <laughs> I mean, it might be degrading, but if they're true. <laughs> yeah, like, and it sounds like he was a pretty big piece of crap. So, like, I, yeah, I mean. Know. She was just, and that's the thing. There's always got to be somebody who's got to be the bad cop. I mean, oh, yeah. somebody's got to point it. And once again, this guy is, he's a pathology resident. And then for those of you who do not know what pathology is, um, the actual definition is the science of the causes and effects of diseases, especially the branch of medicine that deals with the laboratory examination of samples of body tissue for diagnostic or forensic purposes. So, like, in dumb words, because, you know, I need dumb words for me. Um, yeah, it's like same. the people who do autopsies. But okay. they also, like, you know, if they take out tissue during surgeries, they are the ones who take it to the lab, put it in their microscope, and see yeah. what's going on. But, yeah. yeah. Pretty smart folks. Yeah, like, it's it's not an easy job. Like, you want these people to be qualified, not like, eh, they kind of made it through. Let's just <laughs> give them a pass. Like, so, it's, it's a pretty big deal. So, um after he did this, you know, and left this woman disfigured, and, you know, Dr. Hunter um, at, had to approach him. It's kind of probably one of those things. They say Dr. Hunter was so nice and sympathetic to him and didn't want to damage his career before it had the chance to take off. So um, Dr. Hunter actually approached Anthony Garcia and said, you can finish the year of this residency program, get a one-year certificate of completion, but then he, you would need to look for another job. This is what he's telling Anthony Garcia, which – I don't know. To me, that's sounds pretty good. It's very like, nice. It's a very classy, like way. Yes. To go out, but we need you to get the fuck out. Is basically correct. And um, <laughs> by all accounts, they actually said that uh, Anthony Garcia's work improved for the next couple of months. Um, so I don't know if he was maybe trying to get Dr. Hunter and uh, the other supervisors to change their mind, but. Um, then Dr. Hunter was taking a huge exam. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It was so that he could basically continue to practice medicine while staying in his role. And while he was taking that uh, exam, somebody called his wife and said that he was needed at the university right away or he would be fired. Obviously, Dr. Hunter found out about this after he was finished with the exam, and he looked at this as harassment. Now, he wasn't sure who did it, but here's the thing. We already know Anthony Garcia is not the smartest fella. <laughs> Given. I mean, he made it far with what he got, but uh, he, he's not the smartest fella. So he had to actually brag to other coworkers that he was going to do this, like oh. call in this fake, oh, he's, he's won it at the university. Wow. So um, they looked at that as harassment, and Dr. Hunter drew up immediate dismissal papers. Anthony, of course, denied it and said that, these other staff members who were saying Anthony had told him, told them this, that these staff members were plotting against him. Um, and it just goes to show, like, how arrogant he was. Like, he really thought he could run around telling people what he's going to do and then not be held accountable yeah. for it. I mean, oh, yeah, like classic crazy psychopath. Yeah, man. narcissist. I think yeah. he's definitely a narcissist, a, yeah. yes. Thank you for filling in my words. <laughs> I, was tr- I was, like, going down the line. 
Words are hard. Words they are hard. Are. Definitely on a Sunday after a late Saturday night. Words are hard. Come here. <laughs> come here, Petey, and I get in my lap. <laughs> Tell me a story. I don't know. Sundays are very hard. <laughs> they are. This is what, for all of the you guys out there who have kids, this is what people who don't have kids do on Sunday. They recuperate. <laughs> for sure. We, I can't imagine having kids because I didn't want to get out of bed today to do this. Can wow. You, can you imagine if your kid is like, Mom, Mom, make me breakfast. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, shout out to you parents out there because all jokes aside, you guys really do the hardest yeah, job. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, okay, so going back to Mr. Garcia, <laughs> you know, he's done all these things. He called in this harassment phone call. So he was actually asked by the university. Um, they said you can either f- be fired or you will resign. Well, Anthony Garcia, once again, being the classic narcissist, he chooses to be fired because that allows him the opportunity to be to appeal the decision. So, of course, after he's fired, he appeals the decision but in July of 2001, now that's just one year after he's entered this residency program, he was officially fired. And he was fired by um, Dr. Hunter and another doctor, Roger Brumbeck, who is also one of the supervisory staff for the pathology program. So he's fired actually just 11 months into a four-year program. Wow. Yes, for the second time. Because remember, he is fired from Albany. Now he's fired from Creighton. But... One thing that Dr. or I guess don't call him doctor, Mr. Garcia has on his side <laughs> is he's resilient. <laughs> yeah. He does not take no for an answer. <laughs> try try again. Yes, and he did. He took his he took himself to the University of Illinois College of Medicine of Chicago. That's a lot. That's a lot of words. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask what their mascot was. But. <laughs> I don't. Um, where, and the, this is the thing. So Dr. Hunter, who, who ended up having to fire him. Jackie dropped her shooter. <laughs> Come on, and, Jackie. And by At least shooter, it was we, empty. we mean an actual empty liquor shooter. Yes. I mean, yeah. Only I, the I assume that everyone knew that, but. Yeah. We're only the class. We're only the classiest guys. Peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. If any, Side note. If anybody wants, I don't even like whiskey, but you can drink peanut butter whiskey on ice. Oh, yeah, like especially in the winter. I mean, yeah. get a nice little stout beer and just throw it in there. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's get crazy. Yeah. But mix yeah. it with some Chambord. Ooh. That's good. <laughs> it's like peanut butter Just jelly. not today. Not today. You know, it's Sunday. We're going to be adults. We got, um, I did have to switch from my Sunkist and vodka. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I had rum in it. I had to switch to Bloody Mary. Cause oh, of, yeah. You know, more adult-like. Yeah. It yeah. seems appropriate. The key to the Bloody Marys, you have to throw some of that pickle juice into the bloody. A little splash of bush light. And a little splash of bush light. Like and, glass. you know, depending on your day, you hit it with a, a bush light with a little bit of tomato juice after that. Just drink those all day. Yeah. Or OJ, if you fancy. Oh, OJ and a bloody. You put them with the tomato juice? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I was like, Holy I meant like your set, you know, for your second, third beer. Okay, let's get back to the story. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> okay, so back. Okay, so we're talking about how Mr. Crazy Anthony Garcia is resilient, and he is. So he, you know, goes to University of Chicago, where Dr. Hunter, who once again shows his sympathy to Anthony, he writes him a very generic letter of recommendation. Basically, he's hoping that Anthony's going to do better in a different environment. He's hoping that, you know, okay. he he still wants the best for this guy. Anthony makes it less than two years um, at this new 
uh, medical school in Chicago, and he, um, the Chicago administrator actually says that it, that hiring Anthony was one of the worst decisions he's ever made. Ouch. In sh- and in Chicago, Anthony not only does uh, poorly at work, but he's actually plagued with health and mental issues. And so he's taking long leaves, and he's racking up $80,000 in hospital bills, which, once again, I'm not a doctor. But if you had to pay $80,000 in doctor bills, and you are a doctor, I'd be pretty pissed <laughs> off. I would, too. Also, like, isn't this about three years now with the, with the years combined? Isn't that four years? Oh, yeah. So he yeah. technically so should like be nearing the end of his residency, mm-hmm. but since he hasn't been able to complete these... Uh, <laughs> At any of these places. I mean, yeah. It shouldn't I, count. Sometimes you got to give up. <laughs> not, not for this jerk. It definitely shouldn't. So he, so actually, finally in 2003, he gets it. He gets it, and he does quit, and he moves back to Walnut, California with his parents. Oh. Um, and that's, he. they say he spends time working on cars, you know, so he's, he's you know, living the life, I guess. He... In 2005, he files for bankruptcy due to his, his medical debt, mm. which once again, like... Why am I feeling sorry for this? <laughs> I know. If any of you guys no. know Kim, Kim is the nicest person ever. Bullshit. <laughs> she feels sorry. I, I think you there's do. a lot of people that wouldn't agree with you on that, but Kim I always you. Like, likes to see the best in people, and um, she's so sweet. Very opposite of me. I have my <laughs> arms crossed right now and looking at her like, you are wrong. <laughs> Um, side note, too, Kim and I have known each other for 27 years, so I yeah. know Kim. We yeah. we know each other, and she is nice. She's too nice. Oh, Well, Jackie is very beautiful <laughs> and funny, so there's that. But you didn't say I was nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You are very nice. To oh, me. Right. To me. <laughs> Not to Steve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Steve-O is my boo thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny is my boo thing. He's our editor. He's... He's in-house right now. Danielle. 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 Okay, yeah. We have way too many inside jokes, but, you know. Anyway. Okay, so after Anthony Garcia has been living with his parents, filing bankruptcy, he decides that he's not not done with medicine quite yet. Medicine has been done with him for a while. (laughs) But but he is not done with medicine. So in 2007, he's accepted in a psychiatry residency program at LSU Health Sciences Center. Now, the irony. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, the irony. (laughs) Like, isn't, like, takes one to no one, like, for a psychiatry residency? Like, I, and also, how does somebody get this many jobs? Like, this many, like, very prestigious, sought-after jobs. And they're like, you know what? Give him a go. He's trying <laughs> to find his niche. You know, his niche. Niche? Niche. niche ni- I don't know. I think people say it both ways. Niche and niche. I think they say both I ways. I think it's niche, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I could be wrong. Um, so he goes, so here again, 2007, Anthony Garcia is in, he's at LSU. Um, and he, that's the, here's the thing, though, with his application. He told some lies. He, he was not very transparent. <laughs> Um, and he's, you know, I guess part of this process is you have to apply for a license in that state. So when he went to apply for this license, Louisiana did their homework. They did their homework, and they found that he, um, you know, had been fired from previous places of employment. And um, they actually reached out to Dr. Hunter. Now, remember, Dr. Hunter is his previous supervisor from Creighton University. That's the classy one. Like yes, Dr. Hunter nice. is a sweet one. And he's the one who, like, wanted Dr. or he wanted Anthony to do well. 
So LSU reaches out to Dr. Hunter because now Dr. Hunter is, a, is in a new role and he handles verifications. That's part of his new role. So, um, he, you know, he's honest with them and he says that, you know, he was fired and that not only that, but he was a weak resident. So in February of 2008, LSU fires Anthony Garcia for falsifying information. Shit. So this has been going on. So that's okay. That's February of 2008. Now, remember, he came to us here in Omaha in July of 2000. So this all this time, this guy is still trying to finish this four-year residency wow. program. <laughs> this is where he goes off the deep end. And then it happens. So um, less than a month later, on March 13th, 2008, Dr. Hunter, the supervisor from the residency program, comes home. Uh, to his Dundee home. Now, Kim, how would you describe Dundee, Omaha, to people who are not familiar with this area? Um, money, money, money. <laughs> Old money. <laughs> exactly. No, it's like, it's actually like, perfect. Wait, yeah. It's actually perfect. I was going to say, like, Pleasantville, but... <laughs> money, money, money. Came to my mind. Um, it's a great to, area. Very to beautiful. give you an idea, who is the gentleman who, gentleman who lives just five blocks away from where this... Are crime you, occurred. Are you talking about Warren, homie. my homie, Warren Buffett? Uh-huh, the bo- yeah. Mr. No, Buffett. He's not my homie. I wish he was my homie. <laughs> I wish he was my grandpa, actually. That would be really... Or my dad. <laughs> Take him <laughs> as my dad. <laughs> anything. Anything. My anything. So yeah. that kind of gives you an idea. So Dr. Hunter goes back to his Dundee home, um, and that's kind of the area of Dundee, I mean, or of Omaha. Dundee is a place where you always want to live, you aspire to live. I remember driving through those streets when I was young thinking, yeah. one day I'm going to live here. <laughs> and then I checked my bank account recently, I was like, I'm never going to live in Dundee. Nope. <laughs> this nope. is just not going to happen. <laughs> I like to hang out in Dundee and act like I live there. Yeah. Look at the houses, like, as I'm sitting over at a uh, little wine bar in Dundee. Oh, I'll be no. sitting there mm-hmm. looking at the houses. I'm like, ah, oh, babe, Danny, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if we lived like across the street? We could just come have a glass of wine. Anyways. And he's like, know. yeah, it would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> but then we're like, yeah, no, we can't afford it. Plus yeah. it's too much house for two people and three dogs. Well, it is. I mean, Dundee is a place to be though. I mean, the type of people, not only does Warren Buffett live there, but yeah. he also brings his homies. So sometimes you'll see Bill Moore, Bill Murray and Bill Murray? Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill yeah, Murray. Bill Murray. Do people know who he is now? Uh <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucking lutely. What's a movie that he was in Groundhog Day? Um, all of the best movies ever. What about Bob? <laughs> Ghostbusters. Um, Mr. Buffett's also brought people that everybody knows, like uh <laughs> Like, I don't know name? who you're talking about. The basketball guy. <laughs> Who's the basketball the guy? The best basketball player Danny, ever. Danny, this is when you have to research things for us. <laughs> We're trying to train him. No, you guys, you know? I actually do know basketball because my family, like, a lot of them live and breathe it, but I cannot <laughs> think of his LeBron name. James. Yes. LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron is going to be like, you didn't, it took you 12 seconds to remember my name. What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but can we go back to, like, um, Warren Buffett and... Um, his proximity. Bill Murray. Oh. If they were like, like I heard that they were over at uh, this ice cream shop in Dundee. I would have shit my pants if I saw them just <laughs> hanging out on the bench because I would have, I don't they know. They were. I wouldn't have known Mr. Buffett by face. I mean, he, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's a beautiful old man, but I don't know <laughs> his, his face. But Bill Murray, if I would have seen Bill Murray, I don't know what I would have done. Like, it would have been crazy. I know. And we're, we are always go to Dundee, so, like, that could have totally happened. 
Oh, they have one of the best taco places in Dundee. Oh Maybe we'll God. tell you guys later. Fish and chips? Okay. Anyways. Okay, so anyway, so Dundee. So that tells you a little bit about Dundee. <laughs> yeah, we, we got lost. Um, Dr. Hunter is lucky. He lives there, probably because he's a doctor. <laughs> so he rolls up there March 13, 2008. Um, and all jokes aside, he came home after a long day of work, and he notices that his housekeeper's car is still in the driveway, which he thought... That's kind of weird. She usually isn't still there. He thought maybe she got a late start and she's just finishing up. Totally fine. Um, his housekeeper's name is Shirley Sherman. He walks in and finds Shirley on the floor in the kitchen. And she, w- remember, Dr. Hunter is a pathology by trade. So he very quickly realizes that she is deceased based off of, oh. I'm sure he took, you know, observations of her current state. And, and she did, did have a knife sticking out the side of her neck. He continues on into the house and finds, because here's the thing, his 11-year-old son, Thomas Hunter, is also supposed to be in the home. So he goes to look for his son and very quickly stumbles upon Thomas's body, which also, like Shirley's, he can tell he is deceased and it also has a a knife sticking on the side of his neck. Oh, my God. So, and they said um, the 911 call was very calm. They said he called and just said he didn't even specify who it was. Dr. Hunter calls and says okay, uh, there are two deceased people in my home. Please send the cops. So he didn't even ask for an ambulance because he knew that they were deceased. Can you imagine? Like, You're an no, 11-year-old. Oh, oh, so horrible. It's And then um, very quickly, of course, the cops, you know, do a full investigation, especially in this neighborhood. This is not a neighborhood that typically has these types of crimes. They do a full investigation, um, and they have zero leads. They There is a neighbor who says that they saw a, an olive-skinned man in a silver SUV that was kind of like slow creeping through the neighborhood, mm. which they thought was odd. Um, and then there's another neighbor who says he saw the same olive skin man kind of stumbling near the home. And he said it, it did appear like the, maybe that man was intoxicated. Wow. Um, but they didn't think anything out of it. I mean, this is in the middle of the day during like after school hours. So they're mm-hmm. not like thinking her, Oh, I need to call the cops. It's just like, Oh, okay. okay. Here's just a person I've ever seen. So, um, the cops, you know, do a very thorough investigation. They come up with nothing. They even like, they really thought that maybe um, it was an internet predator because okay. Dr. Hunter's son was, you know, he's 11. He was a gamer. So they yeah. thought maybe he met somebody online. Um, that never panned out. So after this case goes cold in Dundee, um, you know, it remains that way for several years. So let's fast forward a little bit to, to 2012. Indiana State has had to do a license review for Anthony Garcia. And um, Anthony Garcia is currently working in Indiana as a doctor, but he, you know, obviously never finished his residency, so he's not, I don't know what the terminology is. He's not like a legit doctor. He's a half-ass doctor. (laughs) Yes. He's a (laughs) half-doctor. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So he's taking the half-doctor jobs, like um, he's working in the prison, he's working in elderly homes. And, um, you know, his, I think it's like a seven-year review comes around, and I could be wrong. So they do their due diligence. They basically do their job. So they check in to um, Creighton University. So now remember, Dr. Hunter's son and housekeeper were murdered in 2008. So after that time, obviously it was a very traumatic time for him. Um, He has somewhat changed positions. He's still in a supervisory role. But now um, at Creighton University, Dr. Roger, Roger Brumbeck has taken over the verification portion where, okay. you know, if, and he, and, you know, it's pretty common that, you know, places of employment and schools are calling all the time to get 
confirmation of st other students having been employed um, and educated there. Okay. So when Indiana goes to do their, you know, license review, um, Dr. Brumbach, you know, he denies, they, he, he basically gives them the correct information about Anthony Garcia. And he held nothing back. He held nothing back. He, but you know, it is just like, I think it could even be answering like yes or no questions. Like, oh, yeah. did he complete the program? No. Was he fired? Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, th I've worked as a manager, at even like retail stores and had to do those types of things. And you do have to just, you have just, to be honest. Just, yeah. Disclose. You know. So Dr. Brumbach sure. does that. And, um, Indiana state actually denies him to renew his license. Now remember that's in 2012. Uh, that is not good. So now fast forward to 2013. This is Mother's Day, 2013. It's actually May 12th um, is when Mother's Day lands in that year. Uh, Dr. Roger and Mary Brumbach are at home. Um, Mary also was a doctor. She was a pharmacist. That's his wife, by the way, if you can okay. pick up on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so they're also living in a very upscale neighborhood here in Omaha. Um, money, 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 money. I know. Moral Sorry. of the story, <laughs> be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't because science is hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Life is hard. <laughs> Sundays are hard. Anyway. So not only so we're giving <laughs> lots of shout outs here today. Yeah. The first one was parents. You guys have the hardest job ever. Fuck yes. Um, and doctors, you guys have a hard job too. <laughs> um, so, okay. <laughs> we digress as usual. So Roger and Mary Brumbach, they're at home on Mother's Day. They had FaceTime with their son and grandchild earlier in the day. Um, and Roger and Mary were actually planning a move. They were going to be moving to Virginia. And, I mean, so much so that their house was packed up. I mean, they had already put, you know, movers in place, things like that. They were almost, you know, they were, they were on their, their way time out. in Omaha yeah. was up. Yeah. Okay. So once again, fast forward to Mother's Day. That's May 12th. 2013. Now, Dr. Butcher and her husband. Now, remember, Dr. Butcher is the one who called out Anthony Garcia basically for, for being the, the level of doctor he was, which was shitty. La <laughs> lady boss over yeah. here. We like her. She was the one telling it like it was. She was saying what nobody wanted to say. So, Dr. Butcher and her husband, they're going to lunch. It's Mother's Day. They're going to lunch with a family friend. That family friend is a little bit older. He um, walks with a walker. He's taking a little bit of time getting to the car. And actually, Dr. Butcher's husband kind of teases him, like, oh, my gosh, you know, give him a little prod. But Put some pep in your step, brother. All in fun. All in fun. So they are a little late getting home. Now, when they get home, they see that the French doors on their on their front entry have looked like it looks like somebody tried to pry them open and their alarm has gone off. Which they think is weird. Like, okay, you know, it's once again, think about it. It's Mother's Day, and it's, like, early afternoon. Why would you? You wouldn't think, yeah. like, an intruder is going to be in your house at that time. No, but that's just very scary. Though. It is like, scary. But yeah. honestly, they look around the house. They see nothing's been taken. It doesn't look like somebody actually entered the home. So they don't even call the cops. They, you know. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. But, which I do think is weird, too, because... It's one thing. I know alarms can go off, you know, at will well, sometimes. yeah. I guess if you really think about it, like, you might not be there. I don't know. But the fact that they did say that the French doors, which are their entry doors, uh, did look like they were, they tr somebody tried to pry them open. To me, I would have still called the cops. Just yeah, to, absolutely. You know, just to have it rec recorded somewhere. I have anxiety, so that would have definitely so been in the cards. So they, um, so they didn't think much of it. Now, on that same day, uh, Dr. 
Brumbach and his wife Mary are at home. Now, remember, Dr. Brumbach is the one who showed, who was also, a, well, he was also a supervisor at Creighton. Okay. Um, he did not show Anthony Garcia as much mercy and sympathy as much. Savage. But it wasn't because he was bad. It's because, once again, he was doing his job, being yeah. honest. No, I know. Um, so they're at home. Their house, to give you a little idea, they also live in a very upscale neighborhood in Omaha. Their house is actually packed up because they are about to make the move to Virginia. They're going back to live with family. It's kind of, I don't think they were technically retiring, but they're kind of on that path. Like, okay. they're both workaholics. She was a pharmacist. He obviously was a doctor. They were very, um, very hardworking going back to live near family. Earlier in that day, they had FaceTimed with their son, who lives in Colorado, um, as well as their grandchild. So, mm. had a normal morning. Uh, like I said, their home is, you know, just imagine their home is packed up. I mean, like in boxes, like they're ready to roll out. Okay. So they get a knock at the door. Dr. Brumbach goes to the door, immediately recognizes that person. That person is Anthony Garcia. Very quickly, Anthony Garcia shoots Dr. Brumbach just in the entryway of his home. Like, think about it. That's crazy. In the middle of the day, in, like, this upscale neighborhood, you're just walking into somebody's house and doing this. Well, also, like, why the fuck would you answer the door if you saw him? I don't I know. know. How does that How does that work? It's, you know, and the crazy thing is, so, you know, we know that Dr. Butra had had, a, like, a, an attempted home break-in. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it was that tried oh. to break in there, didn't work out? I'm guessing it was crazy, man. There you go. And that is a crazy thing. So, like, you know, Dr. Butra's husband was teasing their friend, like, that was taking so much time getting to the car. That yep. friend actually ended up saving their life. That's because, crazy. Because, you know, Anthony Garcia could have already been in the home waiting for them or been there at the same time. And I'm sure he would not have, you know. Yeah. Wow. So, um, wow. he goes. So, once, once again, Anthony Garcia is at the home of Dr. Brumbeck in the middle of the day. He shoots him. There's a struggle. Roger does, like, fight for his life. There's a struggle in the entryway. And eventually Anthony's uh, gun is out of bullets. Now, remember, Mary is Roger's wife. She hears the commotion, obviously gunshots, comes to the entryway. He pistol whips her so hard that he actually breaks the gun on, like, while hitting her. Holy crap. So both of these people are unconscious, although they actually are both still alive at this point. He goes to the kitchen, gets a knife, comes back, and stabs Mary more than 20 times. Jeez. And then he also goes back to Roger, also stabs him. His thing that he did that really kind of was uh, a calling card, I guess, for the cops after the fact was that he stabbed them both in the neck in the area of the carotid artery. And anybody who knows a little bit about, I don't think, yeah, a little bit about uh, biology is like the carotid artery is like that artery in your neck that... If you cut it, people tend to bleed out. So so he severs that. He leaves. May 14th, so this is two days after they're murdered. May 14th, a piano crew shows up to their to the Brumbach's house because, once again, they're moving to Virginia. They have this upright piano. They're coming to move the piano for them. Uh, the gentleman who owns the company knocks on the door, sees that it's a jar, pushes it open a little bit, and sees empty shell casings on the floor. Quick, Very quickly, he calls off his men. They don't go in. They call the cops. Cops have obviously come and investigate and find out. Now, now let's think about Dr. Brumbeck's murder and Dr. Hunter's mur- or Dr. Hunter's son and housekeeper's murder. Once the Brumbecks are murdered, it doesn't take long for the authorities to connect 
that murder with the with Thomas Hunter and Shirley Sherman's murder. So basically, like if he wouldn't have came back, he wouldn't have gotten caught. Probably, you're right. Probably Holy he wouldn't. Holy shit! But that's just a narcissist in him again. Like oh, yeah. he didn't. But think about it. He got away with this murder four years ago, and he he knows it's gone cold. I'm sure he's been following it in the press. And so he thinks, yeah, he could do it again. And he's not done with his revenge. He's not wow. done seeking revenge on people that he thinks have ruined his medical career. Even though it was fucking himself that of ruined course. everything. Yeah. Of course. Wow. But I don't know how crazy people work. I mean, I'm a little crazy, but not like that kind of crazy. No, not, not that not that <laughs> level of cray. Not that level of cray. <laughs> so obviously, and, you know, here's where it kind of just all falls into place, and it's pretty easy to put together. The authorities link, you know, Brumbeck and Hunter have worked together. So they start going through the pers- personnel files at Creighton. They see, hey, here's this guy, Anthony Garcia, that has bad reviews by both people and somebody that they also – think has a motive to mm-hmm. want to seek revenge on them so it's very very quickly that they actually connect the dots um so they Im- start investigating anthony pretty quickly as a suspect and they find out where he's living he's currently living in Terre haute indiana which you know guys <laughs> i got that useless french degree and Terre haute means high ground <laughs> Hey, <laughs> it's not useless. <laughs> now we know that. Eight years of French and $40,000 later, and I can tell you what that <laughs> means. <laughs> um, so they're finding out about what he's doing. And while he's living in Terre Haute, he's, like, trying to pretend like he's living the life. He's driving a Ferrari and a Mercedes SUV. But then they go into his home. You know, they are able to search his home. They see it's, like, very barren. And I've actually seen the pictures Have from you? what his home looked like. And it was very, I mean, it looked like no. It looked like an abandoned home, like nobody was living there. And it was actually about to be in foreclosure. So very quickly, like I said, it doesn't take them long. They check his credit card statements. They see that during the times of the murders, he was using his credit cards in places near Omaha or, like, on the way to Omaha. They check his phone records. He's making phone calls at places that are near Omaha, on the way to Omaha. Wingstop. Wasn't he at Wingstop? He was at Wingstop. Because they say he was a big guy. He liked his food. Me too. (laughs) But also, if you're, I mean, wing, I mean, there's so many good places for wings in home. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you choose. It's quick. It's easy. You know, Wingstop is good. I'm just saying. Um, And then they also, um, the big thing, though, is then they find out from the year like 2007 to 2009, he owned a silver S or a silver CRV, Honda CRV. Now, remember. When the Hunter murders happened at the Hunter household in 2008, one of the neighbors said they saw an olive-skinned man in a silver CRV, and wow. there was never any connection. Now they see that that year, those years that that happened, that he actually owned one of those. Um, so it's honestly, by the time they start putting things together, it's like kind of like a no-brainer. It's so oh, yeah. obvious. Like you could have got it. You're right. If he had just. Yeah done the one crime and went on about his way he probably never would have been caught but he just you know had to come back yes he did and so the trial was very close was very like publicized here in omaha i mean they were always showing videos of the trial so when he actually is coming to trial you know for these murders he is in a wheelchair he's slumped over there were times where he was like they were in the courtroom for hours, and he would never even lift his head up, oh, you wow. know. And he appears to be very, like, very, like decrepit in his appearance. Like, I don't know if he thought he was going to get, like, mercy for that. Yeah, or? was this an act, I'm guessing? Oh, or, I think so. Because or was he drugged up? I don't know. I, you know, there was a lot of speculation, but mm-hmm. I think he was just trying to, like, 
really play up that crazy yeah. card. Clearly, yeah. he was mentally ill, which is not yeah. a joke. But no. but there's lots of mentally ill people who don't go do things like this. Absolutely. You know, who manage. So finally, on Friday, September 14, 2018, Anthony Garcia was convicted in the four murders. And he was convicted by um, a three-judge panel. Um, and I'm once again, I'm not I'm not a lawyer, but I think having three <laughs> judges convict you is worse than one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and he was sentenced to death, which seems very fitting, uh, yeah. you know. And but for us, you know, for the people of Omaha, it was nice to finally have answers and to finally have some justice for the families who lost their loved ones and to finally yeah. see that the person who was guilty was brought to justice. And yeah, so this was a really crazy story, um, you know. I remember when the two, the first murders happened and we didn't know for, it was years, right? Right. I know I just listened to your whole story, but I'm yeah. like, years, <laughs> right? No, it was, it was. It was very yeah. horrible. And just to even live it close to that, because I was on the wrong side of Dad Street. <laughs> we, were, we weren't over in that lovely, nice neighborhood. We were on the other side. But I were, um, all jokes aside, like it's very sad. And I just think, you know, he was very mentally ill and. It's, I'm right. just glad that they, I'm glad that the families were able to have some, some closure. Closure. Yeah. 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 So, so we hope that the, the Brumbeck family and the Hunter family and the Sherman family can hopefully seek solace in the fact that at least knowing this crazy monster is not going to do this to anybody else. So yeah. He's locked up. Yep. So always with the song with us, you know. I'm oh, we're always gonna but sing songs. Is that okay? Did yeah, you not, did you uh, did you get the little snippet of the song I just sang to you? If it's not okay, then sorry. <laughs> and now it's time for some Um so on a lighter note, I'm gonna uh, we need a lighter note, God please. Damn, give it to was, me. Give it to me. Heavy. <laughs> shit was heavy. Um, but we are going to segue here into a little story about a time when I had a really shitty Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, and just a, just a side note, we're doing this because we know murders are like pretty serious and heavy and we don't like want to make light of them. But we also also don't want to leave you guys with this all this heaviness and this, you know, fear. We, we want to keep it light for you. So and we got all the crazy alcohol related stories for you. And it, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, alcohol helps a lot of things. It, <laughs> it, you know, it is it is the problem and the solution often. But here we go. So um, I don't fucking remember the year. I'm not going to tell you that because I have no clue. But it was probably like four, I don't know. My friend might know the year because she ended up marrying the guy that we went out with. But anyways, so cut to Valentine's Day, probably about four years ago. My girlfriend and I went out. We were both single, and we go out to a little restaurant in Exarbon. And Exarbon has really great restaurants. God, they're all pretty good, yeah. you know? It's kind of my favorite spot. But. Yeah. So we go and we have a couple martinis and we're sitting there thinking, well, we're single. Well, let's have a few drinks and yeah. And so I look across the bar because, you know, we belly up. That's how we do. And there's this guy and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and we end up scooching down by him and we start talking a little bit. And I could tell that like 
he was kind of into me and I was into him and vibing. Yeah, we is were that what vibing. The kids, is that what the kids? I don't call know. Now? Is that vibing. I'm fucking too old. <laughs> but I don't know if that's what they call. I mean, it. I am too. I think the kids call it that now. Vibing. We were vibing. Also, the kids are probably not listening to this. No, probably not. <laughs> so, yeah, we end up vibing at another bar. We're like, hey, let's vibe on over here off 90th and Dodge and go to this bar. So we're at like kind of a loungy place, my girlfriend and I, and I invite this and this this guy that we met at the restaurant. He just decides to come with us. We're kind of hitting it off. Can we call off. him Bob? Just to, just to keep things clear. Let's Bob. just call him Bob. Okay, sure. That's not his name, guys. Bob. So calling him Bob. Bob. So Bob and I, we're like, yeah, let's uh, go to this lounge. And my girlfriend and my other friend, fuck it, we'll say their names, Chelsea and Chaps, <laughs> they um, start hitting it off because I kind of planned the the outing with them. I kind of knew she would like him. And I knew he would like her. And, and now they're married. Whoop. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But so they're, we're sitting at a little table at this little lounge and. You know, Bob and I are chatting it up about life and work and all that. And uh, Chelsea and Chaps are kind of talking. And, you know, the fireballs were flowing. <laughs> Fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, really? Hey, when Fireball. they first came out, they were fire. Pun intended. <laughs> that is what the kids are saying. The kids fire. are saying that, I think. It's fire. I heard some kids say it the other day. Well, fire. I, I tried to say it, though, you know. I can't say ago, it like, like when you're like that oh, shit's that fire. Drink is fire. But I just felt so old, <laughs> like it instantly. Me too. You know, so oh, back to fire. Back to fire, fire. balls. The fire um, balls were flowing. I think we had like three or four of them. God. And uh, next thing you know, I could tell they were getting ready. Chelsea and Chaps were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go home." And so I, I was like, "Well, shit, I'll invite Bob over, I guess." So he comes over, and you know, we turn on some music. My roommates are home. We're hanging out, and. Eventually, like, we go to bed, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and I hear Bob just blowing and, like, just fucking shitting, like, in the bathroom. My <laughs> bedroom was right next to the bathroom, and he's just blowing it up, and I'm like, Location, oh, location, location. <laughs> I know. I know. When I picked that room, I didn't know. But. But. Uh, but. But. Back to, so I, like, hear him just shitting, and I'm like, oh, God, I, it must have been the fireball. Like, I'm not judging the man, you know? So I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to lay here and go back to sleep. And, and pretend I, like you don't hear it. Yeah, yeah. you know, because it's probably embarrassing. I mean, yeah. he got, thank God he doesn't know how thin the walls are. Like, he probably didn't know that I could hear him just... I don't know what that noise was, but, um, by the way, if that had happened to me, I would have got up, put all my clothes on and went to the nearest gas station and left. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and never went back to the scene of the crime. No. <laughs> and, uh, I, I smell this smell that I'm just like, that is not like, I knew I had to freaking flip on the lights. Cause I was like, it smelled like shit. Like, just straight up shit. And I was like, oh, God. So I flip on the lights. And mean, mind you, I have two big dogs that sleep with me so every night. So you think maybe the, the dogs had a So I thought, yeah, I thought, like, maybe the dogs shit the bed. And um, there was, it was not the dogs. There was a little smear on my new flannel sheets. And it was definitely Bob. He definitely <laughs> smeared my bed. I think it was just a little <laughs> sharp. But still, at any rate, there was shit on my sheet. And... I had, like, uh, one of those, like, bed covers, you know, underneath my sheet. Like, um, God, I don't know. Like a little extra padding. Yes. Yeah. So I just fucking, I panicked. I just pulled my sheet off, and I was like, 
well, I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to deal with this? You know, meanwhile, he's just blowing his brains out in there, like just fucking <laughs> shitting. So I'm like, well, how do you, how do I make this better? How do I? Because once I said, once I, I did say Kim is so nice. <laughs> I would have been well, like, what's going on in there, Bob? You shit on my bed. <laughs> yeah. Fucker. But no, I end up, um, like he comes back in and I was just like, I panicked and I was like, oh my God, my, I think that my dog's maybe had an accident so I pulled the sheet off and I don't know if this was just a normal thing for Bob or he was playing it cool but he just jumped back in bed and went to sleep and like uh. I let it ride and I'm you know it was late in the middle of the night and I was tired probably my pre-hangover was coming in yeah. so I was like I'm just gonna go ahead and go to sleep so I wake up in the morning and you know there's nothing to be said I just acted like nothing happened and and you know I tried to hang out with him again, and the motherfucker ghosted me after that. And I was a little, I was a little sad about that because, fuck. But <laughs> you were the bigger person. You had a shitty Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm gonna like assume it was probably the shittiest of <laughs> shitty Valentine's days anyone could also, have. Also, for that guy, like, why would you stay there the whole night? If I was Bob and that happened to me, I would have been gone so quick. You would have just got I up and left? And I would have checked oh. your phone before I left and I would have deleted my number from your phone so I you just, could never contact me. I'm assuming he didn't know that he did it. Maybe it was oh. a routine thing because, like, how do you... If he had that kind of bathroom situation afterwards, he knew what went down in the bed. That's he pretty knew. fucking ballsy to just be like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> get up and just, oh, I shit the bed. Maybe she won't notice. Ew, can you imagine cool. what his house looks like? <laughs> uh, like I don't know. Just a regular oh, poor shit. Bob, you know. Poor he, Bob. So, oh, yeah. that's my story, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any shitty <laughs> stories, I mean, not they don't have to be shitty, right? Like they don't anything, have to be right? actual feces. Like, but <laughs> like, I want to hear some good like one night stand stories. If they feel like a feces story, though, but there was actually no feces, we still we still want to hear those too. Yeah, or anything. <laughs> Send them in. Send them in. All right. Have a wonderful day, guys.